A reading from Romans. Just as sin came into the world through one man, and death came through sin, and so death spread to all because all have sinned. Sin was indeed in the world before the law, but sin is not reckoned when there is no law. Yet death exercised dominion from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sins were not like the transgression of Adam, who is a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died through the one man's trespass, much more surely have the grace of God and the free gift in the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. And the free gift is not like the effect of the one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. If, because of one man's trespass, death exercised dominion through that one, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, just as one man's trespass led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. For just as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him again, It is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. He has his father's eyes. She has her mother's smile. He has dimples just like his great-grandpa. She has her grandmother's nose. We take after 
those who have gone before us, our parents, our grandparents. Whom do you resemble? You've probably been told. And this isn't just physical characteristics. It, it is also uh, things that you can't see, but maybe hear speech. It's maybe in your mannerisms, the, the way in which you walk. Now, is there a particular pattern of the men in your family that they trudge about in a certain way? <laughs> and we follow also, of course, in our parents' interests and their habits, good and bad, their proclivities, and in the things that are unseen, things that we would not wish upon them, hereditary diseases, inherited blood pressure or high cholesterol, genetic defects, all of these kind of things. And when it comes to Adam, our first father, and to Eve, our first mother, we all have inherited a certain characteristic, a certain hereditary disease. We are chips off the old block. We are sinners. Turn, if you would, uh, to the passage we heard from Romans today in your uh, Bibles, uh, in the Pew Bibles there. Uh, you can find it in the New Testament on uh, page 118. One hundred eighteen, uh, actually one hundred and nineteen, um, page one hundred and nineteen. There in Romans chapter five, and starting at verse twelve. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death came through sin, and so death spread to all because all have sinned. Sin was indeed in the world before the law, but sin is not reckoned when there is no law. Yet death exercised dominion from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sins were not like the transgression of Adam, who is a type of the one who was to come. The one man, Adam, our forefather in the faith, through his trespass, which we heard about uh, in our Old Testament lesson from Genesis. That old Adam is in you and in me. And in every one of his descendants, every human who has ever lived, we have inherited this sin. We have inherited then also what comes from sin, death. It has come to us all. But St. Paul is quick to say that this Adam 
in this universal aspect of uh, passing on to every single man and woman who has ever lived this inheritance of sin and the consequences of it, death, that this Adam, this one man, is, as he says in verse 14, a type of the one who was to come. That is Jesus. You know, all of us bear in our bodies uh, those certain characteristics of that first man, that first woman, Adam, Eve. But St. Paul points us through Adam to the one whom he prefigured, Jesus. Another one man. A man by whom by his Incarnation, his taking on flesh. Jesus, the Son of God, taking on our nature to save his people from their sins. So the angel told Joseph. Jesus, who by his baptism took on not only our nature, as in his incarnation, but our lot. That is, he identified himself with sinners and waded into the waters. And John the Baptist, who was preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, looks at the righteous one, Jesus, and says, this shouldn't happen this way. You should be baptizing me, not me. You. And yet... Jesus says, it must be so in order to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus did not come to distance himself from sinners, but to identify with them, to wade right into the waters of baptism and say, these are my people. And to confirm that Jesus was indeed the righteous one and that he was doing the will of God, God spoke from the heavens and said, Behold, this is my Son, my Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Adam prefigured Jesus. He was a type of the one man who was to come, Jesus, who in his temptation took upon himself the same burden that we carry, In the book of Hebrews, it is said that he was tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sin. So that we have a high priest who identifies with our weakness. He knows intimately what it is that we go through on a day-by-day, week-by-week, year-after-year existence fighting temptation. And though we at times succumb to it, he never did. Jesus was tempted because we are tempted. And he, by his resisting of that temptation, was taking upon himself the embodiment of Israel, and of all humanity. So that when he goes to the cross, 
Jesus is not dying for his own sin, for he had none, but for the sin of all humanity. Yours and mine, Adam's, and all of Adam's descendants. So that it is that you can go to any person on the globe, walk up to them, and say, Jesus died for you. Because Jesus died for all. That is what it means when uh, St. Paul says that Adam is a type of the one who was to come. Because through Adam, sin and death entered into the world, and every human has to contend with that in their own body. But through the one man, Jesus, and his death upon the cross for all sinners, from Adam to the last every single one of us, that sin is forgiven. And this is a free gift. The grace of God shown to us. It's not anything we could earn. We don't receive this mercy, this pardon, because our sin wasn't, by comparison to other people's, not so bad. (laughs) No, this is sheer gift from God to you and to every other person. So when you go to any other person and you say, Jesus died for you, this is good news. Because by his death, by his resurrection, we have the forgiveness of sin. That's what St. Paul goes on to talk about beginning at verse 15. He says, but the free gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died through the one man's trespass, much more surely have the grace of God and the free gift in the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. So they are alike in that the one man, Adam, affected all of humanity by his sin and his death. And Jesus, by his death on the cross, affects all humanity because it is through him that all people may be saved. But there is a difference. And the difference is in the quality of that which is inherited or given. Because none of us wants the gift that Adam gave. The gift of sin, the gift of death, but we all need and we all desire the gift that Jesus gives freely to all, the grace of God. I've used this before. Uh, grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. All the goodness of God given to you at the expense of Christ, the righteous one, taking upon himself your sin. All 
of our ugliness, all of our depravity, our sin, our decrepitness, even our death. Jesus takes it all. And in exchange, he gives us the riches of the kingdom of God. This is grace. This is what St. Paul talks about as he continues. He says, the free gift is not like the effect of the one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. Adam, through his sin, and giving that then to all of us, brings upon not only himself, but upon all of us, God's righteous judgment. So that when God looks at us and judges us for our sin, This is his righteousness. He is right in doing so. There is no scenario in which sin is glossed over or sin is looked upon by God and said, well, it's not so bad. It is rightly judged. And the condemnation for that judgment The sentence that is passed upon it is our death. But the effect of of this one trespass is not like the effect of the free gift. For the free gift of grace in Christ Jesus is our justification. So that when God looks at us, he looks at us through the death of Jesus Christ, whose blood covers us. And now when he looks on you, sinner, he sees Christ, his righteousness, which clothes you. And so he declares you to be right with him. Again, sheer grace free gift. St. Paul continues in verse 17, if because of the one man's trespass, death exercised dominion through that one, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Here, St. Paul says that when we, through our own sin, and which has been passed on to us through Adam, we receive the effect of that, it is death. And death, he says, dominates us. And you can see this in that death appears to be final. The final word. And not only at the end of our life, but it looms over us throughout our life so that we, unlike animals who have no awareness of this, we are cognizant that one day we will die. And so death, even before it happens, looms over us. It dominates us. It causes us to act in all kinds of irrational ways. 
and rational ways. And we make these decisions out of fear under the dominance of death. But St. Paul says that because of the free gift of grace through Jesus Christ and his righteousness which now clothes you, he says, we exercise dominion. We Christians, that is to say, are no longer under the domination of death. We need not and do not fear it. Death cannot for us be the final word because death was not the final word for Jesus. Jesus, yes, died on the cross, was buried in the tomb, but on the third day, he rose again, never to die again. And you, brothers and sisters, have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that as he is now risen and at the right hand of the Father, so you too might live and walk in newness of life. So that our final breath here on earth in this mortal life is our first breath in eternity. You, brothers and sisters, are now eternal beings through Jesus Christ. You are going to live forever. And though there may be a period of time in which your body is separated from your soul, on the last day you will be raised and body and soul in a new resurrection body like that of Christ's will live forever. You, then and even now, by virtue of your baptism, you exercise dominion. And this is the will of God from the very beginning. In the book of Genesis, talking about the creation of humanity, God writes this. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God created us to be in his creation and to exercise dominion, to be stewards of the earth, to be caretakers of that which he has created, which is to care for our own bodies, which he has given to us and that of our neighbor, but also over this world. It's why God created the man and placed him in a garden and told him to till and keep it. Our sin from Adam down to our own sins that we have committed has been a breaking of that design for which God created us. But in Christ, 
We have renewed purpose. Not only are our bodies recreated in Christ Jesus, renewed, brought forth out of death from the waters of baptism, never to die again, to live resurrected, eternal bodies and beings, we are given a task to care for this world that God has given to us. And that involves the caring for our neighbor's bodies, caring for this earth and this creation. So it is that St. Paul concludes this section by saying, by the one man's, and that is Jesus, obedience, the many will be made righteous. You have been clothed in Christ Jesus. His blood covers you, and you are declared by by God to be right with him. But this isn't so that you can just live unto yourself. It is so that you may exercise that dominion, that stewardship, that caretaking of this world that God has made. We see this evident in Jesus' own life, in the Gospels. We see it exercised through the work of the apostles in the book of Acts. It is the work of the church even today. So go today from this place with new eyes, renewed in Christ Jesus and the virtue of your baptism, to see this world that God has created through his resurrection eyes, and to ask God, God, how would you have me care for my neighbor and this world? Because I'm going to be here forever. In the name of Jesus, amen.